Each and every Sunday we gather to worship, but why do we worship the way that we do? I'm Rebecca Garrett-Pace, and this is The Day After Sunday, a look at the why behind the worship. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Phil. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, good morning. Happy Monday, everybody. If you are listening and you did not get a chance to worship with us yesterday, you can always catch up on what we're talking about on this podcast um, by going to our website, wrumc.org. We would love to worship with you. Um, Once you've caught up from yesterday, we'd love to worship with you going forward, either in person or online. Um, So we had quite the day yesterday. My gosh. When we talk about like rails off, yesterday was full rails off and... The incredible thing is, I don't think most people even realize, unless you're no, just there either. every week and you realize that the people who typically do things weren't doing the typical things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just strolled in on a Sunday morning and this was like your first or second time at White Rock, you were probably like, rails off, what was rails off? Everything seemed pretty chill to me. Um, and there's a huge testament there. And if the pandemic yeah. did anything, it taught us how to uh, be nimble and flexible. Yep. yep. I know. I always take notes, as you know, and the first line of my notes from yesterday just said pivot, 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 pivot. <laughs> um, so let's let's break down a little bit what happened. We, you you were planning to be in the booth with Dexter, right? So that part was yes. already planned. We had already planned for you not to be in a spoken leadership role. You were be behind the scenes, kind of shadowing him because he's going to be out of town. Yeah, and you know we always try to have the have it. We we joke often that like there's two irreplaceable people on a Sunday morning, and it's Rebecca <laughs> and it's Dexter, and like. <laughs> If they were on the last second had to bow out, we would just be in big trouble. And so, um, yes, Dexter's planning to be out because mental health is a thing and he needs a Sunday off here and there. Sure. So um, yeah. we've got a couple Sundays over the next couple months where he's taken off. And so uh, I'm a little just thing making... called vacation. I don't know. I mean, we don't use that word very often. Not, but, yeah. not as much as we probably should. But uh, <laughs> so I'm just I'm trying to shadow him more. And so I can know exactly what we're doing back there, because there's a lot of yeah. things that he a lot of hats that he wears back there in that, that booth. And we were also putting in a new system yesterday, which I don't even know if you knew this. We were using uh, church online platform for the first time. Yeah. Um, so th- there was just a lot of different things happening. And so, I, yeah, it was a scheduled thing for me to be back there. And it was good to be back there. But multiple times I was like, am I going to stay back here? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it was scheduled, but, but we were running pretty short on people to lead certain portions of worship. Um, so... Yes. It also, if you were worshiping online and you couldn't find the bulletin, apologies. Yes, that was one fault. of the things that we um, that we missed in our transition to a new system. But yeah, um, so Mitchell walked in to our sound check uh, at eight thirty and said, um, "Actually, it was Keith that told me." Keith said, uh, "Hey, how you doing?" I was like, "I'm good. How are you?" He's like, "I'm fine." Mitchell, not so much. And I was like, "Whoa, oh, what happened?" Um, so yeah, kiddos in preschool brought home some lovely germs and they were so generous to share with the rest <sighs> of the family. Sharing and so, um, Mitchell was, was sick with a little stomach bug. So he basically said, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to preach, I'm going to walk out and go home. <laughs> um, which I think was good. That was, that was, I'm impressed. He was, I mean, can we just talk about how incredible it is for, for people to just like lead and push through right I mean, I mean i've led with a migraine before i don't know well, if people know that multiple times actually i had one yesterday <laughs> i've led with a migraine on multiple occasions right i mean um farron has played piano after falling on his shoulder and dealing with like swelling 
And yep. Mitchell has preached and led worship multiple times when he's been very under the weather. So it's just a huge testament, I think, to how much we love this work that we will push through and use our acting skills <laughs> to uh, to look like, you know, we're more together than we are. But yeah. I mean, so- even to the point where I was telling Dexter, like, a couple minutes before the sermon, I was like, dude, if he doesn't show, I'm going to run down there and just hop at the pulpit. I will read the scripture and give a brief reflection and we'll be done. And he was like, great. That's what the plan is. Like, Yep. Well, Keith was on board too. I oh, told good. him, I okay. was like, hey, if I if I see Mitchell in the hallway, you know, doing like a cut sign uh, saying like I'm out. And Keith said, nope, I got it. I can okay. do a, he said, it'll be a homily, not yeah. a sermon. <laughs> homily at best. Yeah. But anyways, so all that to say, we stepped in and we covered, right? So um, I did the announcements and the opening prayer, Mm -hmm. which was a little rambly because I didn't have time to write out what I was going to say. Josh did the children's time, um, which is great because, you know, he has been, you and he both have been kind of filling in in the absence of Victoria. Um, Not that anybody can fill her shoes. Sure. um, but it is a testament to her that it takes two people to, to fill what she did, Absolutely. Um, plus multiple volunteers. Um, but uh, so then he did that. And then Keith presided over communion. Right. We didn't think it was such a grand idea for somebody with a stomach bug to preside and <laughs> be breathing on people's communion elements the entire time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, it really was incredible to in you know, hour and a half, two hours before worship, be- I guess two hours before worship begins, we're like basically almost changing everything and mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And I really do think the pandemic put us in that space because we were, you know, always almost on a weekly basis during, you know, we were all online, but like, yep. it was a, here's the plan for this week, but if this doesn't work, then we can pivot here kind of thing. Yep. And yep. it just did, it helped us to be nimble. Yep, absolutely. Backups to the backups to the backups. That's right. Know? We kept saying that the backup to the backup is, yeah. <laughs> um. So all of that to say, we yeah. that that was a really behind the scenes kind of right. what, what we were going through. But I do hope that if you're listening to this podcast, I actually hope that this was news to you. Right. Because I hope that you did not feel any kind of frantic energy or, um, you know, upset or anything like that when you came into the worship space. So that's never what we want. We want to be able to create a space of um, connection with God, connection with the spirit, you know, yeah. and... Uh, the ability to, to handle some deep stuff, which we did in worship. We still sure. were able to go uh, and get into some really important things. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure, right? Uh, through lots of different elements of the worship service like that ended up tying together incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, you know, we talk about heaviness. Granted, we, we're this was week five talking about sin, so I don't know how you don't have heaviness and just, mm-hmm. you know, some really difficult topics to discuss. But um I, mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but some of your music pieces were, were pretty intense, you know, especially because you yeah. told the backstory of it. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking specifically, and I don't know, what was the name of it? The, I Believe. I Believe, yeah. 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 The the anthem that the choir sang, um, which they just, I mean, they knocked it out of the park. They yeah. sang it, mm-hmm. um, was called I Believe. And I, I did, I told the story to the congregation um, before we started singing because I thought it was important. I thought it was important for people to know um, it's such a simple text. It's really only three lines of text. Mm-hmm. Um, you're welcome, tech team. You only had one slide for that. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> but the the words are, I believe in the sun, even when it's not shining. Yeah. I believe in love, even when I don't feel it. I believe in God, even when God is silent. Mm-hmm. And um, there's... Uh, 
the story, basically, simply put, is that this poem was found written on a wall in Germany um, by somebody who had been in a concentration camp. And I don't know if it was ever clear whether this person who wrote it survived or whether they did die in a concentration camp. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Um, if they, you know, if they wrote it having escaped or if they wrote it actually in um, in the camps in, in Nazi World War II. Uh, right. But as I told you before we started recording, I knew it was a powerful piece because it always is. But I was actually even knocked backwards a little bit when Mitchell started preaching and he started talking about, you know, the story of in, in John and the woman caught in adultery, and then more broadly, how we scapegoat people. He said, we sometimes scapegoat entire groups. And I just, I was floored. I was like, ooh, because the Holocaust is one of the most horrific modern history examples totally. of scapegoating, right? And so, I, ooh, it was just, it was chills when he said that. Yeah, we might say, what, it's like the work of the Spirit pulling all of these things together in yeah. incredible ways, you know, that because... Because again, like you're, we have ideas and we have themes and we have kind of general understandings of the directions that a Sunday is going to go, but you're also picking a lot of this music, you know, what weeks before in advance, right? Oh so, yeah, oh yeah. Um, I, I think we'd probably talked about scapegoating to some extent, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that you weren't thinking like, oh, scapegoating. This is going to be the perfect song to go along with Mitchell's right. sermon, you know? Because he didn't right. even pick the actually. This is the week he didn't pick the scripture until the week before right like correct this was the one hole we had scripture wise uh, so it, it is it's it's incredible testament to the work of the spirit and the the connection as a staff to be able to like bounce off each other and be fluid yeah. and so and it's both it's both those things you know i i always think that um i <laughs> i've worked with a lot of different personality types right mm -hmm. and i i've worked with some who say oh i don't want to plan too much because i want the spirit to be able to move yeah and it, to them i say the spirit can move even when you do plan and it's a lot less stressful totally. for the people working with you um right. but with that said you know i i think it's a both and i think we know each other as a staff and we trust each other as a leadership you know yeah. core and also we don't plan down to this you know minutia and the spirit weaves her gorgeous thread through the worship service in ways that we don't even expect. Yeah. I think our friend Jack Levison said the same thing, right? That the spirit is more prone to uh, show up whenever we are doing our due diligence to do the, yeah. the appropriate work to, to lay the groundwork for it. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've started adopting this phrase that I use with our ensembles a lot. Um, and I use it especially during the pandemic because there was, I think, a lot of grief and a lot of frustration when we would have to pivot, you know, we have, we'd have put in a lot of work on this song and then half the choir was sick or, you know, we had to move online suddenly and, and right. we felt like that work was lost. And I started saying to them, the, the work is the gift. You know, we yeah. do the work, we do the preparation. That's the gift. That's the offering. And then the performance is important, but it is secondary. Sure. Um, so I think that's what made yesterday so poignant is, the work is the gift. We we do the work and we uh, that's a corporate we as a congregation. Yeah. We bring ourselves whatever we're carrying. Um, hopefully most of us are bringing our unfold journals still and writing some notes in them, you know. And um, yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, when Mitchell started talking too, I, I love this story in John and I mm -hmm. so wish that I knew what Jesus was writing in the dirt. Right. That is such a puzzlement to me. Well, and we, so we talked about it in Bible study last week, but 
I don't I don't know where the tradition comes from, but I remember the tradition when I was growing up being that you know he was like writing their sins in the dirt, right? The sins of the people, like the Pharisees oh, or the scribes or whatever. Um, like so much so that I remember in undergrad, whenever we read this story when we were studying the Gospel of John in my New Testament class, and somebody brought that up and the professor saying like, no, that's not in the text. And everybody was like, well, <laughs> what? Like, of course. And he was like, that's a yeah. tradition that has emerged out of the text. Right. Which, yeah. which happens a lot, right? Like you yeah. end up getting these, these mythologies that come along with these texts. Sure. Um, and, and it's not that they're right or wrong or good or bad. They're just mythologies that develop. And um, you know, you got to pay attention to what the text actually says and then mm-hmm. why we think that might be, you know, others will, will claim that it was that he was writing the, the Hebrew scriptures, um, mm. the specifically either Deuteronomy or Leviticus. Um, specifically because, well, there's a lot of reasons there, but um, there's a, a part of it that says only those who witness this should be the ones to bring them before. Um, so if if they did witness this person caught in adultery, why were they in a space where this person <laughs> was in adultery? And there's a whole right. mythology behind why that might have been. It was, uh, if it, according to the Gospel of John, it's the Festival of Booths, which is like the, the last festival before the winter comes in the okay. late fall. And so there's a good chance that like when everyone comes to Jerusalem, you know, like some get to stay in the inn, but when it fills up, they're like just basically like, popping up tents everywhere. And so, you know, if you've ever been to a festival, it just sometimes happens that you end up in somebody else's tent, right? And <laughs> and again, they say like early in the morning. So like if you were the witness to this, why were you early in the morning roaming through all of these tents out in the middle of like mm. on the, the mountain? Anyway, so it's a really, it's a fun text. Like I really love this text. Um, yeah. Mitchell talked about it being an orphan text, which it I is. think is really cool. Yeah. Um, Which and, means what? Tell us what that means. Yeah. So, so orphan texts are floating texts, meaning that in the early manuscripts, they don't, they don't have one specific place where it was. And so like some of the earliest John manuscripts don't have it at all. Um, some of the early Luke manuscripts actually have it in Luke in chapter 21 or at the end of chapter 21. Um, so the irony being, right, Mitchell was like, we're not actually in Luke, like I said, we would be, but in some early manuscripts, this story actually was in Luke, which yeah. is kind of fun. Um, but it's just, it was a tradition that existed. And then some manuscript writers, because again, like these are scrolls, right? People mm-hmm. didn't get to just print them and copy and paste them, right? They had to like right. handwrite them. And so uh, some included, some of these manuscripts, the the transcribers or the authors of them ended up including this story, either in John or in Luke. Um, and so again, it was a tradition. There was a story that definitely circulated around in the late first century, Um the accuracy or detail of it, who knows, right? <laughs> like who knows where, when it actually took place or, cause in, and I think in Luke, it was actually right before the Passover festival mm. when it takes place then. Okay. But either way, it's like, clearly there's a whole bunch of people in Jerusalem. They're all like gathered for a big celebration. The, the festival of booths is actually a seven day celebration. So, yeah. um, so anyway, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating text. I really love it. I think there's a lot to, to take from it. And Mitchell definitely played into a lot of those, those pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I I love to, he didn't really talk about this, but it's a detail that has been important to me. Um, We we like to point fingers, right? We like to blame um, the elders and the scribes and the Pharisees. uh, How could they do this horrible thing? They're being so judgmental. Well, we're judging them, number one. Number two, um, I love the detail that when Jesus does say, hey, here's what you need to do to call yourselves accountable. You who is without sin, you can cast the first stone. Go ahead, be my guest. And the elders left first. Yeah. So there is still a wisdom that's being sure. portrayed there. I love that. Like we we give them a hard time. We paint the Pharisees with such a cruel <laughs> and yeah. um, 
exacting brush sometimes, but there is still this God wisdom that breaks in sometimes. And like, that's a great piece. Yeah. You know, when, when Jesus says, Hey, go for it. The elders are the first ones that it clicks Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, I need to go home then. That's a really good, that's a great reminder. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I also, also, go ahead. ahead. ahead, ahead. Well, Well, Mitchell's inclusion that like, why was there, why was the guy not there? Right. Because right. the, uh, again, in, in the Hebrew scriptures of this, where that Jesus is referring to, or that the, the Pharisees are referring to and the scribes, like it definitely says that both people are to be punished, right? Mm-hmm. Not just the woman. Mm-hmm. And so when we, in Bible study, when they were talking about this, definitely some of the women got riled up about the fact that like, yeah, where, where is the man? That's not fair. What, you know, like, and, yeah. and in some ways there's a scapegoating on women, right? Like the oh, woman totally plays a scapegoat in the midst of this too. And, and have, for centuries, right? Yeah. Like in the yeah. midst of this. So yeah, I think that was, I was glad he uh, mentioned that too. Yeah. And I, it was very poignant, I think, and powerful to hear somebody like Mitchell, who we know now, um, having done decades of work on himself, is a pacifist. Right. That he shared that very vulnerable story about 9-11. Yeah, totally. Um, to show, you know, we we have these, these rough edges that just surprise even ourselves sometimes right um and uh (laughs) this is neither here nor there but i did have to laugh because when mitchell was talking about that story he said i got in the car and it was what the black tahoe that i just couldn't wait to drive and and i was about to i was about to drive it was about to be mine i looked over at keith and keith was just shaking his head he was like that was not about to be your car that was not the way that happened that's hilarious (laughs) so gotta love the family dynamics oh goodness Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I just think this whole series can be encapsulated. Mitchell said, this is a natural response, but at the same time, it's not an excuse. Mm -hmm. We need to hold both those things in tension. You know, we are who we are, which is the title of our, of our chapter, Chapter. but we have to do work on ourselves and it's got to be both. Right. Yep. That's right. So yeah, it was just, it's a good I mean, there's there, and there's so many examples of it, right? Like, I remember when uh, it was announced that Osama bin Laden was killed, right? And it mm-hmm. was kind of the same mentality of people like in the streets dancing and celebrating. Yeah. I mean, there was How, just I know I I couldn't celebrate that day. I mm-hmm. was I was sad that a human being had been killed. Right. But how do you reconcile that with how much evil that human being had done, you know? And it's just, it's such a perfect example of like, we feel like if this one person can bear the sins of, Mm -hmm. of an entire movement or, you know, so much pain that we have felt, then somehow it's going to vindicate or justify. And, you know, the reality is Osama bin Laden might've died, but somebody else rose up and there's not like it, like in some, I don't even want to call it, there was no victory there, right? There's no Mm -hmm. victory in that experience. And, and the, we use these examples of like, again, 9-11, like mm-hmm. all these things to realize that they play out on large scales and they yeah. also play out on small scales too. Because right. it's retributive, right? Retrib- retributive justice is not justice. That's right. And um, but that's what we are to drawn to. In the United States where that's the systems we continue to operate by. Yep. Both with the, the you know, incarceration, the mass prison incarceration play, mm-hmm. like movement that we have in our country that is just asinine and the way we do um, military. Yeah. It's just, it's wild. It's just Mm -hmm. wild. Mm -hmm. It drives me crazy. (laughs) Um, So we, we get, you know, we get through the sermon. Mitchell says, peace out. I'm going to bed basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
then we get to communion. And I did forget to, to say this. Another thing that was um, fun, adventurous, was that uh, Keith had to make a last minute run for communion bread because we didn't have enough. Oh, we really? Were, yeah. I don't even know. I didn't know if you knew that. I did not um, know that. We, we didn't have enough. We were still kind of, because we're preparing communion in three different ways, which is very confusing. Um, but we do a loaf that the presider can tear. And then we do the individual pre-served, pre-packaged, um, both for our gluten-free friends and also for anybody who just wants that little bit more sanitary aspect. Sure. Um, and then we've started doing bread that's pre-cut, mm-hmm. like real bread, but cut right before the worship service. So it's fresh bread, mm-hmm. but it's already pre-portioned. And that's what we didn't get yesterday. We had the gotcha. juice and we had the gluten-free and we had the loaf. But I just looked at the altar. And again, I'm going to credit the Holy Spirit for this. I looked at the altar. I was like, there should be two more baskets than there are. Um, <laughs> Keith, can you go to Albertsons? So How funny. Yeah. I, uh, I officiated a wedding on Saturday night, and they did communion in the wedding. And I thought for the first time ever that I was going to run out of communion bread in the midst of it. Because we had the same thing. We had it all mm-hmm. pre-diced or whatever. Yeah. And I kept watching their plate being like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, I don't – what do you do if you run out of communion bread, right? right. Be like, sorry, y'all. You can come forward and have a drink, a sip of the wine. I mean, like, yeah. what do you do in the middle? I, I got real panicky, but there was plenty. I'm convinced that Good. that bread kept multiplying. I'm not really sure if that's hey, true. Hey, it could have been. It could have been. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so then. I'm glad that we, was caught. Sheesh, me too. <laughs> then we get to the offertory. Um, and the offertory also, I, I did choose very intentionally this um, song called The Daughters of Zion by the Porter's Gate. Um, which is a collective group. It's made of many different artists, most of whom have their own solo careers, and they came together for this. Uh, I don't remember when they were formed. I believe it was around 2016. Um, And they have been really focused on um, writing music, writing church music for a new time, Hmm. for an awakened time. And they do, um, they have a whole album called Justice Songs um, that were inspired by, you know, the the killings of black men in this country. Um, And they, like I said, there, there are multiple individual artists who've come together as groups and they do a lot of just really powerful um, songs and, and daughters of Zion was one of those. And so we did that yesterday with the folk band and then brought it back as the last hymn, um, which may have been new to some people, you know, I mean, I think it, well, the song was definitely new to most people, but it may have been a new concept to that. A hymn quote unquote was just, two phrases repeated over and over. Yeah. That may have been unusual for some people. Um, but hopefully if it was, you still had a little bit of courage to give it a shot, you know, and sure. to be Sarah's echo as we sang, let your justice roll down. Um, which of course was, was quoting that Amos mm-hmm. scripture that we read that, that Katie read. read. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just felt like it was such a needed way to end that worship service. Yeah, I thought the folk band was real strong with that song. I don't know if they were just really vibing with it or what, but it it felt real strong from the balcony where I was, yeah. and it seemed like it seemed like people were responding to it well in the yeah. the repeating aspect of it too. So I really liked it. I I had never heard it until I heard y'all warming up with it, um, and it it definitely made me curious just because I, I think I've expressed my um, lack of trust with a lot of quote contemporary yes. Um, yes. authors and their you know songs lyricists. Yep. Uh, so to, to hear people embracing a great justice message in the midst of a, a really modern song like that was really cool. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's important. And we actually, I got some feedback um, after last week's podcast, how much they did appreciate our conversation. Oh, good. And there's, there's more to be had there, right? Because yeah. it's such a complex um, library of words that we use sure. with contemporary versus traditional and progressive yep. versus conservative, you know, all of these, all of these things, even the way I just said them there, we set them up as binaries and they're not really, they're spectrums. Sure. Um, but the Porter's Gate is definitely a group that I've recently discovered, um, specifically because they, they do sort of bridge that gap into what we would call a more progressive or a more justice oriented theology. Yeah. Um, but with drums and rock band sound, you know? And viola and, you know, I mean, like, there's like a whole, I just love, yeah. I love what the folk band's doing right now. I've really enjoyed getting to hear them and, and sing along and worship with them. It's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, next week starts Holy Week. So we have Palm Sunday, yeah. um, which we'll, we'll get some news out, I hope, on social media and on a, a family's newsletter. But if you have kiddos of any age, um, even adult kiddos, if they want to come down mm -hmm. the, the aisle waving some palm branches this Sunday, um, we will have that. And then we move into uh, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. So it's going to be a very busy couple of weeks. Totally. And th so this is wrapping up our, our uh, We Are Who We Are series too with Palm mm -hmm. Sunday, right? Which I didn't really think well, about. Well, technically we wrap it up on Good Friday. Technically Easter is the first okay. of our new chapter. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. Which makes a lot of sense to be able to to continue to focus on this kind of chapter of, you know, we are who we, th this chapter got a whole lot of worship services, yeah. starting with Ash Wednesday, yeah. six Sundays, and then an additional two with Monday, Thursday, and Good well, Friday. And yeah. Good Friday too. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's, <laughs> there's something about that, right? We, we love to think about ourselves. <laughs> 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 no, the reality being is we really need a lot of time to think about and process what it means for us to, to really be human. So mm -hmm. um, I really love this chapter. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit sad to, to see it in because I think this is, and I think I wrote about it in the blog that I kicked the, the series off with, but I think this is one of the most important ones. And it's because, mm -hmm. you know, we, we have to reflect on ourselves to figure out how we are in relationship to each other and to God and to all of yeah. creation. Yeah. I did want to say, and this is just totally tongue in cheek, neither here nor there. Um, but when Mitchell was sharing the the historical meaning of scapegoating, where there were actually goats, and right. one of them was sacrificed, and one was the scapegoat and sent mm -hmm. into the wilderness bearing the sins, I couldn't help but think, from a goat's perspective, that's a very lucky thing <laughs> to escape the uh, sacrifice goat and be able to just go and live the rest of my life in the wilderness. Well, yes, I have heard that they actually like chase it out and there's a lot of cliffs in the area and then oh, they would dear. chase it out and then run it off a cliff. Well, that so, just ruins my mood, does. Phil. Um, and to me, I was like, that doesn't really make sense then though. Like what? Because then you're basically just killing both of them. But yeah. I guess it's symbolism. And, and I don't know if that's true or not. So maybe if anybody's heard differently, they can let me know. But I always thought the same thing. And then a few years ago, somebody was like, well, I, I think it was maybe Brian Zahn's book, maybe. Yeah. I think he talked about it where he was saying that... Um, you, you think it's better to be the scapegoat until you realize that uh, it just prolonged your life a little longer oh, until you dear. got pushed off a cliff. <laughs> That's so sad. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, it turns out it's a good thing we don't operate on, in, on those kind of systems anymore. <laughs> well, at least not overt, right? Not well played. Yeah. yeah. Wah, wah. Good call. <laughs> Dang it. Now we're both sad. I know. <laughs> we just... Oh, oh goodness. I'm not going to go down that. Okay. I'm not going to go down that cliff. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> this is going well. Uh, all right. So if you stuck around this long, sorry, it went so dark so quickly. Um, we hope to see you this coming Sunday and we got a lot in store. So keep and one other, around. one other thing, um, well, well two, I'm going to make two shameless plugs. I've mentioned Bible study a lot the last couple of weeks. You're always welcome to join eight o'clock central standard time. You can either join in on zoom or in person in the library on Wednesdays. Um, Yes, thank you, on Wednesdays. And then um, this Saturday, if you're in Dallas also, we're going to have our Easter Fest. And so yeah. bring kiddos all age, and we'll have um, Easter egg, Easter egg hunt hunts and... for all ages as well. And so there'll be fun prizes and games, and um, it's going to be great. I'm so excited. I've never experienced anything like that at White Rock, so I'm thrilled to be able to to experience yeah. a big celebration like this in person. Hey. In person. It's going to be good. And yep. it's hopefully going to be good weather. I haven't looked at the weather for Saturday, but... I think it will go on rain or shine. If it's rainy, we'll move it in the gym or something like that. But yeah, yeah. just be ready to come and come and party no matter the weather. So. It'll be great. Love it. All right, my friends. Thanks for joining us today. Take care, everybody. The Day After Sunday is a production of White Rock Media Network. Join us next week for another look at the why behind the worship.